0: You know what, I need to actually put it on. There we go. All right. Try it again. Grace and peace to you this morning. It is good to be worshiping with you who are here in the sanctuary, with you who are joining us online. Peace be with you. Let's take just a couple of moments to take two or three deep breaths, a chance to center ourselves in this place and in this space. Let us now prepare our hearts and minds to worship God.
1: Please rise, in body or spirit, for the call to worship. Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. Come into God's presence with singing. God's steadfast love endures forever. Just a note about our
0: opening hymn this morning. We'll sing three verses in the hymnal as written. And then you'll notice we have an extra bonus verse printed in your bulletin. We'll sing that as the fourth verse. So I invite you to just start with your hymnal, but keep your bulletin nearby. And we'll close with that verse printed there. Let us sing together.
2: may be seated. Grace and peace to you in the name of Christ, and welcome to worship here at Westminster. We're really glad to see you, especially if you're coming back for the first time perhaps uh, in a while, or if you're visiting. It's a big step to visit a church, and so we really want you to feel welcome here and at peace. So we're, gl- we're glad to see you. During the offering later in the service if you would find those little attendance registers and fill them out. Particularly if we don't have your contact information if you would leave that in there that way we can be in touch with you and we can connect more deeply. And also then after the service you can know who's worshiping around you and greet them by name. Even familiar faces are a little hard to recognize beneath the mask so a little name reminder isn't a bad thing. I also want to make sure I welcome those who are watching online. Uh, In these days, we have more and more people who are are still, or, or for the first time, turning to us online, and we recognize that we're still a spiritual community, even when we're not all physically together. One word on that, we continue to try to make that a better experience, and sometimes we lose people because the technology isn't so good, and it's a good time to remind folks to maybe check back in. We just had a specialist come out over the weekend with Bethany to work on the audio, which was not up to par, and we think we've made some improvements there, so you might help us get the word out in case some folks have checked out that maybe it's time to check back in there. Let's join together our voices with the community prayer printed in your bulletin. Let's pray together. God of many names, knowing that we are part of an interconnected web of life, guide us in acknowledging and embracing our oneness. Help us also to value our differences, giving thanks as we work for the good of all. Forgive us for the times when religion has fostered hatred and division. Bring healing to those whose lives have been broken by distrust and misunderstanding. Instill in us a renewed spirit of reconciliation, as together we make known justice, grace, and peace. Amen. And our prayers continue in quiet. Friends, hear the good news of the gospel. In Christ, there is a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. Know that we've been forgiven. Know that we have been set free and be at peace. Amen. This is a time when we can share our joys and concerns, what's going on in our lives so that we can be in prayer together and we can be more connected. So if you, I have a couple to share, but if you have a joy or Concerned to share with the congregation, just raise your hand, please. Yes, yeah, Susan. Thank you, Susan. Susan shares about the death of a man, uh, make sure I get this right, Asani Domino, am I saying that right? Who died at the age of 46, a Marin City resident, or was born there at least. Thank you, Susan. Randy. I'm so sorry. Oh, Randy. Randy witnessed the death of a roommate this week. I'm so sorry. And we hold him in prayer. Eric, he said? Eric. Remember his family. Many of you were involved in spiritual life, have probably been on a hike over the years with Julie Barnes, if that name rings a bell, and we've been holding that family in prayer as her husband David journeyed with cancer. He entered hospice last week and he died mid this week. He leaves behind two very young girls and a teenage daughter as well. And so we imagine what that is for a family and we we hold them all in prayer. Suzanne, lovely to see you. Suzanne also loved it, lost a dear friend this week. Amazing how much grief an average gathering of people carry. I mean, it's a wonder we're upright. That's why this is so important. So important. Barb. Yeah. Yes, Barb points our attention to the escalating tensions in Ukraine and for what many of us fear is coming and those who are relatives living in the States. Thank you, Barb. I saw another hand. Yeah, Carol. Thank you. Carol gives thanks for prayers for um, a friend of hers, Alice, who's had a stroke and has some ongoing challenges. Yeah, Michael, and then Diane. <laughs> 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 uh, Michael took some joy in some athletic competition yesterday. I won't. Uh, I'll be non-partisan there, but uh, actually, I'd probably score points if I were more partisan there. (laughs) Oh, boy. Nice to have something to bring us joy. Yeah. Uh, Diane. Diane shares a, a grandchild has tested positive for COVID and, and then expands to have us be thinking about all the children in the schools and the people who work in the schools and the labor it takes to keep that going. And, you know, some of us have children who are now in the sort of the safer window, but remember, there are still some little ones who don't have access to a vaccine yet. And so it's still very tense for some families. Anything else? Oh, yes, Clark. Yeah, Clark points our attention to the folks of Tonga and uh, we pray for them. And that's a good segue, Um, Jeff lives, Jeff and Jen and the boys live right down the street from, is it the first Tongan Assemblies of God Church? And they had a lovely idea that one of the ways we could connect with those who are connected to Tonga right here is to write some prayer cards and notes to them. And Jen's gonna do something beautiful with that, I understand. And so after the service, if you would like to go into Finley Hall and write an encouraging note to that, we'll make sure that that gets delivered to that church. We also have other folks in the congregation working to connect us to some relief efforts if you wanna help in a material way as well. With that, let's join together in prayer, turning over all our burdens to the fellowship of this community and to the great spirit that holds us all together. inviting in the presence of the risen Christ who bears all burdens and shares all joys. O God, you've heard the joys and concerns spoken of this congregation and we know the many more that are unspoken and we trust your abiding and healing presence and we seek to become a vessel for that presence. So we offer these things to you. We offer our prayers to you, indeed, all our prayers at any time to you, in the name of the one who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Invite the children forward. Any young folks, or folks who are young at heart? We used to say at my last church. When no fo- young folks showed, a little trick of the trade. And I'm mindful there are probably some folks watching at home. I know sometimes even my little guy's watching at home. So know that you're out there. Nice to see you all here. Boy, you all are doing so well. Can't believe how long we've been doing it like this. And so brave wearing your masks to school and to preschool and gosh i really admire you well and a special welcome if it's your first time so excited to have you here we'll take good care of you well in many churches last week what they talked about was uh, the time that jesus was baptized in this church what that looks like is uh, we use that who puts the baptismal font in the corner good grief we gotta move that out but well, we put, so, put a little water on people's head, usually a baby, but sometimes a, an older... There you go, Sharon. That's a worship chair in action. Um, or sometimes even adults, we put a water on them. Some communities, they baptize people in rivers or in big pools. But we put water on people, and we remind ourselves that we belong to God. And Jesus was even baptized. And when Jesus was baptized... There was all these stories about hearing this voice saying, this is my special child, the one I love so much. And it was a way of telling us to look at him because he was going to teach us again how to love God and how to love one another, how to be good neighbors. But the interesting thing, uh, in addition to that, is what happened after that story. Jesus, after he was baptized, went out into the desert, out into the wilderness, for a long time alone. And there, the story says Jesus was tempted. Now, I wonder if you've ever been tempted before. (laughs) When I was your age, I think I was probably tempted to do things like maybe sneak an extra bit of candy from my Halloween jar or, uh, let's see, what else would I be tempted to do? Actually, I don't want to give you ideas, so I'm gonna <laughs> and, and thank goodness Jeff isn't here, because his ideas would be better, I'm guessing. Of the, <laughs> uh, Have you ever been tempted to do something that maybe you shouldn't do? You can just nod, you don't have to tell me what it is, so I don't want to get you in trouble, yep, yep. I think all of us have been tempted. There's such an interesting story in the Bible I wonder what it was like for Jesus, of all people, to go to the desert alone, spend all those days and nights alone, just to talk to God. And I wonder what it was that tempted Jesus. What, what was he tempted to do that he knew he shouldn't do? And, and I wonder what it was like to feel like somebody was trying to trick you into doing something you knew you shouldn't be doing. And I wonder what you're going to learn about this story and how it will touch you. Well, in just a moment, you're going to find out more about that story, some of you at least, in Sunday school. So before you go, and you'll bend right back there in the very bland outfit, will will take you to your Sunday school class. And if, if you're new here, parents, there are maps out in the narthex so you know what, what room your child is in and you can pick them up after the worship service but i want to give you a blessing before you go so may god be your friend and may you learn how to be a good friend to others amen go now in peace go now in peace may the love of god surround you everywhere everywhere You may
1: go. Our first two scripture readings this morning are from the Torah, the books of Deuteronomy and Leviticus. Listen for how the Spirit speaks to you through these words. First, from Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart, recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And from Leviticus, you shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God.
0: And then, a reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind this is the greatest and first commandment and a second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets this too is holy wisdom holy word thanks be to god so valerie core is an author and an activist who practices the Sikh faith? That's S I K H. I used to pronounce it Sikh, but then I learned that it's actually pronounced Sikh. And she shares this story from her middle school years. She says One day in eighth grade, my best friend Lisa and I were working on our History Day projects in the library. She and I were passing notes to each other, giggling in our own little bubble when Lisa looked up suddenly and said, Valerie, I can't wait until Judgment Day. There was a beautiful anticipation in her eyes. Just think it will only be you and me and all the good people. I realized that by good people, Lisa was talking about Christians. But Lisa knew everything about my family and me. She had heard all my stories. She knew that I was sick. I was confused. Uh, Where will everyone else go? I asked everyone who isn't Christian. She looked at me startled. Well, you know, down there. It was too unpleasant to say out loud. That's when I realized that my best friend believed I was going to hell. She just didn't know it yet, and I had to be the one to break it to her. "Uh, Lisa, you know I'm not Christian, right? She went pale. But I thought Sikhism was a sect of Christianity. "Uh, It's not, I said. The bubble broke. The bell rang. We left each other without another word, and we didn't talk about it again until a few months later. We were sitting with our friends at lunch when somehow the conversation turned into an argument about what happens after we die. At some point, I realized what this group of my friends who were all Christian were trying to tell me. So all of you believe I'm going to hell, I asked. They shifted in their seats. They looked down at the cement. Only Lisa looked me in the eye. Lisa who loved me and pitied me and wanted to save me. There were tears in her eyes and mine too. Our friendship ended after that. We still exchanged letters trying to persuade each other. She stressed that I needed to accept Christ to be saved. I replied I didn't need Jesus to be good, but our attempts always failed. As long as Lisa believed I was going to hell, she could not love me as before. Wonder is an admission that you don't know everything about another. And Lisa had stopped wondering about me. She had decided she knew my fate and had no more to learn. So I share this story with you to illustrate the importance of the next line in Westminster's identity statement, a statement that we have been working through throughout the month of January. And the third sentence says, We are grounded in Christianity, and we value our interfaith relationships. And we value our interfaith relationships because we know that we always have more to learn because we want to live with wonder and with curiosity, because we know if we don't approach our relationships with compassion and understanding, then those relationships can end. Our interfaith relationships are important. But don't just take my word for it. You know, I feel like whenever I'm talking about interfaith relationships, I have to mention a man named Ibu Patel. He is the founder of an organization called the Interfaith Youth Corps. This organization has um, developed various interfaith organizations on college campuses across the country. And Patel supervises that, but he also is just an activist and an advocate for interfaith work and relationships in our country. Just a couple of months ago, he gave a TED talk in Chicago. And he started the TED Talk by pointing out how many civic and social organizations have been founded and are run by religious groups, even interfaith groups. And he encouraged his audience to just take a minute and think about all of these services that are part of the fabric of our country that would disappear if the faith organizations didn't feel called to serve together in that way. That was the first part of his talk. And then he went on, and I actually want to attempt to share with you a part of his talk. But I'm going to have to make sure it will work. Let's see if we can get Ibu Patel up on the screen. There he is. All right.
3: There's another principle at stake here as well. And that's the role that religious That's yes.
0: We have to get this right. I have an admission to make. I'm actually the one who moved this so you could see him. <laughs> but you didn't really need to see him, you just had to hear him. I hope I hope you were able to hear him. Um, his whole talk is at 10 to 12 minutes. If you Google Eboo Patel, E-B-O-O, and building bridges, you can find him on YouTube. and uh, All kinds of speeches that he's given. But I wanted to lift up just a couple of things that he said. Um, First, I loved what he said, we have to build bridges of cooperation rather than bunkers of isolation. So powerful. And then the other statement that really stood out to me was he stressed the ability to be who I am in positive relationship with who you are. Now, it's not an accident that in our identity statement, in the same sentence, we have said we are grounded in Christianity and we value our interfaith relationships. It is so important to hold both of those together. We are grounded in our Christianity. We are followers of Jesus Christ, and that is important. You know, a couple of you, when reading through our identity statement, have pointed out that we actually don't mention Jesus Christ specifically in our statement. And that may be something that we change as the statement evolves in the future. But this is the sentence for me when the fact that we are disciples of Jesus is lifted up. We are grounded in our Christianity. That word grounded reminds me of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. There's a point in his letter when he's praying for the people. And he says, I pray that Christ may dwell in the hearts of the people as they are rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love as we are grounded in our Christianity. You know, that means that everything we do and say and are flows from our relationship with Jesus Christ. Christ, who is our cornerstone. And one, two of the things that flow from that relationship are our love for God and our love for our neighbor. You know, we heard in the reading today from Matthew, those are the two most important commandments according to Jesus. But it's not just the Christian faith that believes that. We also heard that from the Torah and the Jewish faith and the Hebrew scriptures. Love God, love our neighbor. And so it's not about only loving our Christian neighbors. It's not only about loving our neighbors who promise to become Christian at some point. No, it's about loving all of our neighbors. In the Gospel of Luke, when Jesus offers these two commandments, someone then asks him, well, Jesus, who is my neighbor? Like, maybe I can get around this difficult commandment with a a real careful description of my neighbor. Jesus responds to that by telling the story of the Good Samaritan the Samaritan who is an outsider, a rather hated outsider. That is the person, according to Jesus, who is our neighbor. And Jesus did this on purpose. He was continually inviting people to draw their circles wider, to love the outsider, to love that outsider until that person was an outsider no longer. Now, as our opening story illustrated, loving our neighbor is also more, about more than just being friendly or being kind, though that is important. But loving our neighbor is being willing to learn from and about one another. It's about entering into relationships with wonder, to use that word from Valerie Kaur. It's about being able to set aside our preconceived notions and our judgments in order to grow together. Now, I have to tell you, a small miracle happened this week, and I actually finished writing this sermon on Wednesday. Rob always finishes by Wednesday. I'm usually still madly writing away on Friday. And so I had this great conclusion that I was going to share with you at this moment, And then, on Thursday, Rob and I received an email. It's an email from Rabbi Stacy Friedman, who serves at Congregation of Shalom up in San Rafael. And as soon as I read the email, I knew that I wanted to share it with you all today. So this is what it said. She says, Dear Rob and Bethany, I hope you are both well. Given the events of last Saturday, where a terrorist took hostage the rabbi and three others in a Texas synagogue during Shabbat services, our Rodolph Shalom community is quite shaken. I thought it might be very comforting and reassuring to have some interfaith voices during our services tomorrow night, and was wondering if either or both of you may be available and willing to join us by zoom for a few minutes to offer some words of blessing and solidarity. Thanks so much, Stacy. Now there, there is the power and the importance of interfaith relationships right there in that email. She says it will be comforting and reassuring to have interfaith voices present and she knew that she could reach out to us here at Westminster because she knows how important our interfaith relationships are to us. You know, it is much more than just words on a page. It is something that we live in our lives. So Rob and I read this email, and immediately we both say, of course, of course we will be there. So last Friday evening, I logged on to Zoom with about, i say there was about 140 congregants of Rodef Shalom, And I was not the only guest. Imam Fassi of the Islamic Center of North Marin was there. Reverend Scott Quinn, who's the executive director of the Marin Interfaith Council, was there. And during the services, each one of us had a moment to share some words of blessing, some words of hope, some words of solidarity. And because it was on Zoom, after each one of us spoke, the chat was just filled, filled with messages of gratitude and thanksgiving from all the people of Rode of Shalom. It was immediately obvious to them how meaningful it was that we, their interfaith brothers and sisters, were there, that we were there praying with them, lifting them up, letting them know that during this difficult time, they are not alone. And then Rabbi Stacy, with her message during the service, was 100% focused on the hope and the joy that comes from our relationships with one another, even in these difficult times. So Ibu Patel is certain that interfaith relationships will change our country, will change our world. And I agree with him. I hope that we will see that happen. I saw it happen for sure in our own Marin community. May it continue to happen. May we continue to live with wonder and curiosity and imagination and love. May we continue to build bridges of cooperation, not bunkers of isolation. May it be so. Amen.
2: Amen. You may be seated. We would be remiss on a Sunday in which the power of interfaith relationship is lifted up so beautifully if we didn't mention the death of Thich Nhat Hanh this week as well, a great poet and peace activist, Buddhist. Though we mourn his death and commit ourselves to his mission as well. A few announcements to share as we part from this place i mentioned earlier, but in case you came in a little bit later, a chance to leave notes and prayers, words of encouragement for members of the First Tongan Assemblies of God Church in Novato. That's in Finley Hall in the community building. So please stop by and, and do that there. And we'll keep you up to date if, if we get any more information on how you could help with relief efforts. Bill Shoemaker's memorial service will be on February 19th. That's a Saturday at 11 in the morning that'll be in announcements as well but we wanted to share that here if we if we're going to make that service available in a streaming capacity we need some a streamer to do that too so if that's something either you're trained how to do or would like to become trained how to do please let us know because often there are people who can't be there in person but would love to be a part of that service from afar the spiritual life commission has pushed the first meeting of the book group back a week To February 7th, they're doing the Desmond Tutu and Dalai Lama Book of Joy. And I think because of Tutu's recent death, that book has become in great demand. And it's been hard for some folks to get it. So they're giving folks an extra week. And finally, the congregational meeting, our annual meeting of the congregation, is next Sunday at the tail end of this service. We encourage you to be here. Even if you're not a member, you're of course welcome at the meeting. The only difference is members are the only ones who can vote, but it's, a, it's an open meeting, and we really encourage you to come. We will have a hybrid option. We're gonna ch- see if we can make that work so that folks can join via Zoom and still be present. So even if you know folks who aren't yet ready to come back in, in person, they can participate that way. Um, to that effect, Annual reports will be out soon, and the annual budget should already be out in the Narthex on the member section of the website. Uh, We want to be transparent, so feel free to go online and check out the budget, and next week is a good chance to ask questions about that. We want your participation. So with that, uh, let us rise in body or spirit for our closing hymn, and you're going to get some directions on how we will do that.
1: It's a short and sweet little hymn, number five four zero, and we will sing it in Hebrew, which is the italicized, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's right. You can the do italicized it.
1: italicized second verse, there are about, I don't know, seven or eight syllables you'll have to learn. So here's how it goes. Shalom, chaverim, shalom, chaverot, Shalom, shalom, lahit La lahit raiot. Shalom, shalom. So, we will sing it all together one time, and then we will sing it in canon, because that'll be easy. And Bethany will lead this side of the congregation, and in the very next measure, I will lead this part of the congregation, and then the choir will be a third voice in the canon. We will sing that in canon two times. Have fun! <laughs>
0: Okay, we're going to start. Shalom. both in Hebrew and in around. excellent talk about making a joyful noise so as you go from this place know that the love of God who is our Creator Jesus Christ our Redeemer the Holy Spirit our sustainer goes with us now and always go in peace amen